another episode of Rude Cast Archery with your host, Rudy. We're live. We're live and recording. I wish right. I wish everyone could just hear like what just happened like a couple minutes ago. It was it was Rubio was spouting out some gold and I couldn't get the the record button to catch it and then <clears throat> my sound pad <laughs> malfunctioned and oh boy it was it was hilarious. It was almost like that that 5 minutes would have been just perfect like that that could have just been the whole mark episode right there and it would have been perfect. Me, me just complaining about my wife? No, you just complaining that, about everything, everything. <laughs> you see, this is why people think we don't like each other. <laughs> this is true. Yes, I guess. That's true. We do have our, our feud that the somehow feud that became, needs to somehow needs to be settled. Yeah, that we still don't know how it began, but I guess we can end it. I don't know. I, I guess. You know, I honestly, what was the deal with that? Like... It was, wasn't it at the, uh, was it at spring warm-up? I, th- I, I want to say it was up in Reading. It was after, after Reading. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I get a text message from you and you're like, Rudy, we need to talk. And, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, oh, Rubio wants to talk to me. Like, so, I, so I pick up the phone and call him and you're like, um, did I do something to piss you off? Like, what's the deal, man? Like. And I, and I was like totally dumbfounded by like like what? <laughs> well, that was I think it was something like you were we were shooting you were ahead of me, in in your group, and I was in the group behind you, and I said something I don't I can't remember what it was it was something about reading the target or something like that I mentioned to you, like what do you see in this target or something, and then you you kind of spouted off like, well like, wow man Rubio's giving me a. a, a information that uh, I don't know how to take this or something like that. You made some smart ass remark and I think that's where it started. And then somebody said something later to me he goes, man, Rudy's pissed. And I'm like, what the hell did I do to Rudy? How did I piss him off? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, that's hilarious. I, I guess people, maybe, maybe whoever it was doesn't really know us and how we kind of, uh, or I should say most of us in the archery outlaws, um, are pretty hard on each other. So if you don't have a thick skin, um, you know, shooting outlaws is probably not your jam. Yeah, no, everybody's, everybody's always picking on somebody or other. It's, it's just kind of a, a thing to do. Yeah. People might to have keep to every, they might keep st- everybody in line. Yeah. You'll have to stick to FIDA where, uh, they have, uh, you know, no, no electronics. And there's a, um, a, a decibel level that your voice must maintain, while people are shooting otherwise, um, you'll get shot. Oh, well, I, I must've missed that. I must've missed that memo with those shoots that I've gone to at discovery park. Cause my <laughs> voice doesn't change much. It's pretty high and loud. Yeah. So Mark, uh, you know, I, you're one of the hard hitters here in here, in Northern California. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. Um, I, I've been wanting to interview you for a while and, uh, we just never got around to it. But, um, when, when, uh, somebody says like who, if there, someone had to do predictions on who's going to win uh, an archery tournament, if someone says Mark's going to be there, I'm going to, I'm like, yeah, well, Mark's probably going to, Mark's probably going to be shooting really good and we have to watch out for him. Like your name's always like at the top of the list there. Well, I appreciate that. People who can show up and really make a mess of things. I appreciate that. I mean, I try to do my best, that's for sure. But I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of young bucks out there right now that are throwing down some fat scores that are just tough to deal with. Yeah, Austin is um pretty pretty on much on fire right now. Like he's he's a uh, he's doing really good. He's got he's got some stuff going together really well for him. Um Oh yeah. But um so, Wendell seems to think that you have some kind of secret sauce or some kind of juju that you do um, that uh, you're not letting out. Like, there's something Mark does secretly, either in tuning or, you know, that makes Mark be the, a difficult competitor. Well, or tough I, to I, I don't know. I don't know what that secret would be because I tell everybody exactly what I do and I try to help 
anybody that asks, uh, you know, to try to shoot better. Yeah. Um, really, so, the only, I don't know what there's anything special that I do. I just shoot just like anybody else. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can, uh, like, de- you know, like, you know, get this idea somehow here. So, um, how, how, how many years have you been shooting archery? Uh, I started in 2000. Okay. In the year, in the year 2000 is when I started. That was uh, just a kind of a crazy idea that a buddy of mine brought home this used, I don't even know what the heck it was, compound bow. And we were in the backyard. It was uh, at a house I rented with a couple other buddies, and we were flinging arrows. And uh, we decided to go out to the local archery range, which is right here in Davis, the Yolo Bowman. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Ended up talking with some people out there and uh, met at that time. He was, I think he was the, I know he was, a, I don't think he was the president of the club, but I think he was like range manager or something like that at the time. But uh, his name was, is uh, Bill Hornoff Jr. And he used to shoot for Jennings back in the day. And uh, he kind of took us under his wing and took him, we went over to his house and he had all these bows hanging up in his garage, and he was like, well, here, why don't you guys take these two bows, and here's a sight, and here's some arrows, and go have some fun. And uh, so he set us up, and we started shooting compound. That's when I started shooting compound. Mm-hmm. And all I was doing it for was hunting after that, because that's all I was thinking I was going to do was just hunt. So but, you, you you got into it strictly thinking, like, this is this is just a hunting thing, and you didn't even know anything about tournament archery or target archery no i had i had no idea about tournament archery or target archery i was i mean other than what i see like on the olympics you know but that wasn't anything that we were doing right. um it was all just uh just for hunting i mean and i've already, i've always hunted since ever since i was a kid I've, I've always been a hunter but it was always a gun hunter so you know i mean the day i turned the day i turned 12 i was so excited because then i could finally hunt big game mm-hmm. and you know so i was out hunting with my dad and grandfather and chasing bucks all over a zone um so you kind of uh, answered my next question there so you're a native california california oh yeah oh yeah born and raised and you grew up hunting in the a zone in the a zone yeah but not not you know the northern california so like cash creek um, okay the cash creek wildlife area knoxville area lake berryessa kind of in that there's some the cedar roughs and stuff like that that are up in there mm-hmm. that's kind of where where i was stomping around a lot yeah, and so nowadays you you spend a lot of time in the in the in Trinity, right? Well, I, I wouldn't say a lot of time, but I spend as much time as I can when I can get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this this year I was only up there for a day and a half. Well, two and a half days, I guess, if you count the day we hiked in. Yeah, but you, you uh, guys got booted out. Oh yeah, well you know with the fires, and then they yeah. closed the forest and everything else. So yeah, but uh, yeah, now I got into this archery thing, and uh, I, I haven't I haven't rifle hunted. I probably haven't rifle hunted in 15 years. Wow. It, it's funny how, like, once you get into archery, how much it just takes over, really becomes uh, a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, like I said, that's and that's what it all started. It all started just with, with hunting in mind. But somebody told me, they're like, hey, you know, because I was shooting pins and I was going to – I started going to the shoot, the local shoots, because I was, I was raised here in, uh, I don't know, where your listeners are all from, but I was, uh, uh, raised around in Yolo County, which I was born in, uh, up out of Gwenda and then raised in winters, a little town of winters. Yeah. And then I, then I was living in Davis at the time when I started shooting cause I worked, I started working there in Davis. And then, uh, I live, now I live in Woodland. So I've stayed in Yolo County. I really haven't left Yolo County, but, uh, I was going to the local shoots like the Eldorado Hills shoot, my yeah. shoot, the YOLO shoot, um, you know, anything that was close. And, uh, you know, those guys that were coming at that time shooting pins, you got guys like Buck Heron and, and uh, 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 Randy Long and, uh, you know, uh, I guess it was later when Aaron showed Aaron Cahoon because it was later after I got more into it. But, I mean, all these guys were showing up shooting these fat scores with pins, and I was looking at that going, wow, how the hell are they hitting so many spots, you know? And, and it got me thinking. Well, I want to try to hit more spots, and it and it, I it's pretty incredible, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Huh? It's just that competitive spirit, though, too. So I just, yeah. you know, hey, I, I want to try to do better because if these guys can do it, why can't I do it? Yeah, I mean, when you look at Buck Heron, you know, as a, you know, in general, as a human being and an archer, you look at him and you go, oh, man, if that guy can do it, then Jesus, anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> oh, that, and so, so you, so you started like many of us did just, you know, bow hunter freestyle, um, you know, you get that taste of competition. How, how, how long before you started, uh, before you picked up, a or set up your bow, uh, freestyle? Uh, it was probably about six years. Once I got into shooting the bow hunter freestyle stuff, it was probably about six years into it. And somebody, one of the other guys I was shooting with was like, man, I bet you, if you can shoot that, you can shoot this here scope and, and this long stabilizer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but I only want to hunt. You know, I just want to do it for hunting. They're like, no, here, try it. So then I put all that stuff on my bow and tried it. And I was like, well, this is kind of this kind of nice. I just set the set the sight and put the pin in the middle and let it go. That that works out pretty well. I don't have to gap anymore. I don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did you ever win any championship, uh, state championships when you were shooting bow hunter? Uh, I won in the bow hunter? No, I don't think so. Not in bow hunter, no. Not bow hunter freestyle, no. Okay. Were they Not were they bow, doing any kind of money stuff at all with bow hunter at the time, or was it just reading at the time? Uh, I think it was just right, but I wasn't even into it that deep where I was going to Redding and shooting in the money with the bow hunter freestyle stuff. I, okay. Like I said, I, I went more into, once I got into the freestyle, then it was, then I kind of really dove in deep to the competition side of it because, because then it came more about the competition with the freestyle stuff as opposed to the bow hunter freestyle was just about hunting. I was just worried about my five pins so that I could figure out how to shoot a deer. Yeah. When, when, uh, about what year was it that you got into the freestyle? Like I said, it was probably somewhere around like 2006 or seven, I think. Okay. Somewhere around in there. All right. Now, um, now you, you start, you pick up a freestyle bow and you're shooting a bunch at your club there. Did, did, uh, was, who else kind of, is there anyone here locally that really helped you get to the next level or really taught you a lot? Well, the guys I was shooting with at the club, uh, like I said, that, that Bill Hornock Jr., which he's still around. Um, I mean, he doesn't really shoot much other than he, you know, goes hunting. Like, he's heading to go hunting, actually, tonight. He's heading to Nevada. But uh, anyway, he um, he was shooting freestyle stuff out there. And then there was another guy, Randy Gastonaw, that was a local club member that was shooting out there. And um, so it became kind of like us shooting our freestyle equipment, just shooting like on Wednesday nights, we'd go out there and shoot a half a field round or a half a hunter round. And, uh, you know, and we keep score just to have bragging rights at the end of the night to see who beat who. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, it was okay. Well, tonight we shot, you know, I, I still remember, you know, I still remember breaking like 250 and being so excited about breaking 250. And cause that was like a huge number. And then next thing, you know, it's like, well, I could break 260 now. And then I stayed in the sixties forever. Until you finally get into the 70s, you know, and you're just like working your way up and just working your way up. And uh, those one, it seems those like, one to two points really oh, are hard, it, aren't it, they? It, it's, it's tough. It's funny how it just is little incremental steps you take. But once you take them and it seems like if you can get to that point, okay, I can get to the next step now. I got to work on it, you know, and just keep, just keep clawing along and, and work your way up. I remember but like on the, two occasions, somebody, uh, you know who will remain nameless, um, had to remind me that like when I was trying to break that 900 was reminding me that I was at, that if I, if I shot a, a, uh, a 22 on the next target that I would shoot like, you know, uh, a 901 or a 902, if I remember at the time. And I was like, son of a bitch on the very last target. <laughs> yeah. I ended well, up shooting you know. 899. <laughs> Yeah, but you, but but you remember that, and then you also remember that you did surpass that 900 oh, mark, yeah. and you've gone and you've and you've beaten it down considerably. Yeah, I know. I just had to remind everyone that Mark Mark does have a a, a darker <laughs> side there. Well, uh, you know, we all have a little bit. Oh yeah, no, but I, I remember when I first got into it. Like, it seems like I was kind of going 
jumping on targets with you and, and Randy a lot, you know, and, um, you know, shooting with you guys was, you know, really, uh, for me, it was, uh, really motivating and also very, uh, I learned a lot from, from just being there. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you, Randy, Randy's a great, he's a great archer and a great yeah, person. No period. I mean, it's just, uh, that guy is a wealth of knowledge and, uh, he'll, he'll help you out no matter, no matter what. And him and I have actually helped each other out over the years, just, uh, pushing each other to do better and reminding each other, you know, Hey, you know, this is, this is what this is about. So, you know, let's, let's keep focused on where we're going and, and not dwell on, you know, some maybe poor performance or something like that. It's just like, forget about that. We're, we're worried about the next one. Yeah. You can't do anything about the one that just happened. You just nope. Get ready for the next one. Yeah. So, um, was the, when you, when you first started, when you started, when you got into that 270 range, right? Is that a, when did you really start getting into like super tuning or figuring out if you were missing anything out in your, in your, in your bow setup, in your arrow setup, or even like form or mental game? Like where, where, where did you first go? Cause a lot of people go at it different ways. So, you know, I think probably, a lot of people think they go to the equipment first. Um, like what, what, what was your process? Did you just shoot, shoot it or start, <laughs> just like, start down the just archery like I talk tell everybody. No, yeah. It just, no, just like I, I've told Wendell this, I've told everybody else that asked me, just shoot your bow. I don't super tune anything. I never have. I don't, and I don't ever plan on doing anything super crazy. I mean, I've, we've talked about getting the hooter shooter and setting it up just to help figure out what arrows, if there's any arrows that are flyers, you know, and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I've, I get a If, when I get a bow, I set it up, I shoot it through paper just to make sure it's not some kind of crazy, horrible tear. I get it as close as I can to where I want it. Yeah. But did you uh, experiment but, with anything though? Like when you were, when you first, when you really w were pushing hard to try to get better, I mean, like, did you at least like do a little bit of research on, on it and try to like, I, I, figure it, out what all this stuff was and what was happening or was it, it just, it, it's all mental. It was never the bow. Really? The bow's a machine. It does the same thing every time. I mean, unless something's going bad. I mean, if something's going bad, then you have some kind of, you know, your, your, your groups get crazy or something like that, or you have some kind of a malfunction, but when it came down to shooting better, it was always me having to get my mind straight to mm -hmm. shoot, to shoot better and not get myself all worked up about the fact that when I step up to the next target and I'm going along there and I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, at that point, like when I was in the, in the two seventies, I'm like, okay, if I, if I shoot the next two targets clean, I'm going to walk out of here to two seventy two. I had to quit thinking about that. I had to quit focusing on that kind of stuff and focusing on just one arrow at a time and just work my way to the end and then see where we end up. Okay. And that, that seemed to help me get through all that instead of worrying about what my end game was going to be. Just worry about making that one shot at that moment, get that shot over with. Now I got to work on the next shot. Not, I'm not thinking five targets ahead or four shots ahead or anything like that. Just right. one shot at a time. Yeah, so Carl Vaughn asked on uh, Facebook here, will Rubio finally disclose his uh, secret tuning techniques? <laughs> there is no secret tuning technique, I, I promise, guys. I know. You guys I know. promise. So so my question, uh, you shoot a Matthews, right? Are you shooting the 38 or the 36? Uh, the 38, the 38 G2. The G2, okay. When you, uh, do you, do you uh, shoot for paper? Do you paper tune that and use the top I do. hats? Uh, I do, yes. And and do you go for a perfect bullet hole, or do you kind of get it close and then? I get it as close it? as I can, I get it as close as I can get it, mm -hmm. um, and and then I just run with it after that. All right. So and you're shooting gold tips, right? Yeah, I got that. Like for yeah, Pierce tours. Pierce, Pierce tours. Now you used to run the ultralights for a while. I remember. I did. Yeah, the Velocity Pros or the Ultralights. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all they're both the same. They're yeah. the same arrow. But but uh, yeah, I was running those for a while, and I I pulled those out when I shot uh, Break the Barriers. I think I shot those at Break the Barriers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, what did you like? What did, so when you, when you're setting these up, do you, do you do any bear shaft tuning at all? No. Nope. Just fletch them nope. and send them. Fletch them and send them. All right. Um, and then I group, I, I do group tune. So I'll shoot, you know, once I get the bow set up and I go out and shoot and I make sure that I'm getting, you know, I, I'll, I'll do some walk back tuning, you know, shoot it three yards and then go to 50, I think it's at like 56 or whatever, whatever the math works out to from three yards. Then I have a spot out there with a line in it at 50, I think it's like 56. It just depends on which bow it is and what the speed is. And uh, I make sure that, you know, I, I might move my rest a little bit left or a little bit right if I'm getting left or right of the center line. Mm -hmm. so you know, you, and get so that you set, set your sight to where the, the long distance shot would be and then move up close, get your sight kind of centered and then move back. Yes, exactly. So, I, but I, yeah. so I'll move the and then, I, but I center it at the at three yards, and then I move it over at the longer distance. If it's off, then I'll move it. Then I'll adjust my sight when I come back to three, and then go back out there again. So, like, uh, yeah, okay, okay. So you and Heather call the group tuning. I always call that like French tuning or walk back tuning. But it is. It's French yeah. tuning, walk back tuning. Yeah, it's, same thing. Yeah, it's it's all. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody's got to have a label on something. But tomato, tomato. I think it, yeah, I think it's French tuning. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> something like that as long as i can get the damn arrows to group that's the whole point is i want the arrows to all group together and then once i get that set up on the bow then i'll actually just sit there and shoot groups mm -hmm. of the of my whole you know dozen or two dozen arrows whatever i built and i'll just shoot them all and if i have some weird flyers if i'm making good shots and i have a weird flyer i'll pull that arrow turn the knock you know and i'll have that separate from the rest of the group until i get them all grouping together Okay. And then I'm done. Then I just go shoot. That's funny because uh, so you make sure that the arrows are all doing the same thing. And then I make sure the yeah, I make sure the arrows are doing the same thing. It's I funny how gone, I arrow is so important. Everyone wants to mess around with a bow. Nah. I, now, like, now like with, if you look at, like, Tim Gillingham, who, when he does all of his arrow tuning, he does it all through paper, mm -hmm. which is that's a, that's a lot of work. Uh, and and, it's, and it, for him, it works great. Um, like I said, I do it in general as at, at group tuning and I'll sit there, you know, like 60 yards or 70 yards, whatever I feel like that day and just shoot groups mm -hmm. and try to figure out what arrows are. If there's any bad ones. And like I said, just turn the knocks or change the pin or whatever I might need to do to get that arrow to, to land with the rest of the group. And, uh, that's as, that's as much tuning as that's as about as super tuning as I get right there. That's about as super as you get, huh? Yep. Now, after uh... that, it's just. After that, man, it's just sit behind the bow and shoot. There, that's uh, I like that. Uh, it's it's you work on the mental game. Yep. Did do you ever get any formal coaching as far as form or anything like that, or was it all just self-taught? No, it was. I mean, it was just and and help. I wouldn't from say the I wouldn't say formal. Yeah, I'd say it was more help from 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 the locals that were helping me out. You know, like okay. like I said, when Bill started me out, he kind of helped me with getting the idea how to shoot a a finger release cause or index release. Cause that's, that's what I started with. And, uh, I could punch like, I could punch almost as good as Kyle Douglas at that time. I could punch it good. And, uh, but then when, uh, the target panic set in, I had to change over to the hinge. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went to Tommy Daly and reached out to him for help to help me get that figured out. And, uh, he was a huge help getting me, uh, started with the hinge and, what did, what did he have you do? Just change to the hinge or did he give you uh No, he just, well, he had me change to the hinge and he kind of sent me through kind of how he explains how to make the hinge work because the hinge works based on movement. You have to rotate to get the, dang, the, the hinge to go off. So you have to find some way to make your hand rotate, whether it's, uh, you know, I think the way he always liked to say it is like squeezing a tennis ball. You know, if you're going to squeeze a tennis ball with your, you know, your pinky and your ring finger you squeeze that tennis ball down it's going to make that release come and go off mm -hmm. and i think i started off that way to where and then it kind of morphed into where now it's more of a relaxed you know get pulled back relax my hand make sure my elbows up and shoulders tight and then i can i can kind of just pull and it just lets it rotate over but it's still moving you have to move the release to make it go yeah do you so do you uh when you're relaxed so do you shoot with a click or no click? I was shooting with a click, but now I'm shooting without a click. I, I, really? I'm torn between the two. I, I'm torn between the two. I like the click. 
I really do. I like the click because I can come back. I know where I'm at. It clicks. I know that there's just a little bit more go to go, but I started to anticipate the click and I, for some reason it started to get me to hold low and I kept just hanging low in the spot. So I just recently, like at the end of last season and then uh, this season with, I, I started to shoot without the click. Okay. And have, have you played around with the thumb button at all? I do use the thumb button for my hunting rig and I shoot it fine with pins. But when I put it, I, when I put it with my scope, it's not a good combination for me. Yeah. Because I get, I get, I anticipate the shot too much. I get punchy. I get a little punchy. Do you, uh, do you use a dot or a fiber? I use the, uh, we call it the, the, the dual aiming from feather vision. That one that's got the drilled lens with the fiber, mm-hmm. but it's also got the etching, the black etching. So it's a drill lens and it's got, you said black etching. It's got, it's etched at like, let's see the one I have. It's the, I have a six X and a, and a, and a five X and it's the one of the vitri. The vitri is the five X and then the verde plus is the six, I believe. Okay. And, and they're both with the drill that 19 thousandths or 20 thousandths for the fiber. And the etching is, I think on the five X I'm at 55 thousandths. And on the six X I tried it at, 65 or 70 thousands i can't remember okay yeah i thought about trying those the you're talking about the feather vision yeah i think they call mm-hmm. it the the dual dual aiming dual sighting or something like that or dsa yeah. i think or something like that yeah das or something yeah so, something like that i can't yeah. remember the exact name of it now we're starting to sound like windows show you know that if we can't remember what the hell we're talking about just make something up just make shit up and just and you start sounding like Windows show. <laughs> oh, and then we'll have to we'll have to oh. we'll have to call back later and go and and and, and fix everything that we screwed up. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll have a follow up episode about all. The... <laughs> <laughs> Poor Wendell, it's kill, it's killing him right now that he's not um, on the in, on this uh, phone call right now. So uh, that's all right. That's all right. He can. We'll, we'll we'll talk to Wendell later. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, so I, I like your setup. That's now stabilizers. You're shooting uh, what? What are you shooting? Bee stingers. Bee I've sting. had bee stingers. Yeah, since uh, since Blair uh, brought them out way back when. Okay. Um, he hooked me up with some of the first bee stingers, and I've been there ever since. Awesome. Do you when you with with stabilizer setup? How do you approach that? Do you, Do you have a strategy or? Did you just one day throw a bunch of weights on your stabilizer and say, hey, this kind of works for me, and then I've tried, wander well, your way I've, into setting national records? Well, I've played with it a little bit, you know, and, and tried to go with the heavier weight up front, and I don't know. I, I can't – it just doesn't work for me. I can't put tons of weight on the front. Um, I run like – right now I'm running a 30-inch bar with – I think I got seven ounces out front. Okay. And then I've got a I've got a 12 ounce back bar on the left side with 16 I think 16, 16 ounces, ounces 12 inches 16, 16 ounces 12 inches of 16 ounces out on the left side out the back on the on the Matthews it's on the lower um, hole it's not out the front hole not at the center hole where the main stabilizer is okay um, and I've tried. I've tried putting, you know, 15 ounces out front and 20 ounces out front, but it just seems like that thing's just dragging me down. It's just me. It just feels like it's dragging me down. Mm-hmm. I've never shot a whole lot of front weight. I think right now, I think seven ounces is probably about the most I've, you know, consistently had on. I've tried heavier, but I, where I consistently shoot, it's, this is probably about the heaviest I've had it. Yeah. Um, so would you consider yourself in, in your shot process, a dynamic shooter or more, more static i'm moving i mean it's there's 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 definite movement in in my shot and i'm pulling through uh i i I do more of a pull than i do a push i don't push as much with my my front arm my bow arm is more of a static i just kind of hold and just keep even pressure and then all and all the rest of the pulling happens in my back on the back side pulling through the release so you're you're pretty familiar with emerson's shot right You've, I you know mean that 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 beautiful artistic vision that he has when he shoots. 
Yeah, it's like the almost Jesse Broadwater style shooting that he has. Yeah, it's almost like uh, you know his shot process could you know you know um, bring world peace. You know, <laughs> like yes, this is true. Um, but yeah, like but he's very strong in that front end. So you're you're not you're you're saying you're not pushing hard. You're just keeping it strong. I'm just. I'm just aiming. That front arm's just aiming. That's all I'm doing. Okay. I'm just where that front arm is just aiming it. I see. I'm just trying to just trying to hold it where it needs to be. Because uh, if I start pushing with my front, I always go out high left. Mm. If I start pushing to try to make things work, to make things go off, it goes out high left. But if I can just hold it, you know, just even pressure, just just enough to keep it so that I'm trying to hold that pin in the, in the spot. Um, when it does release my arm will just, it just goes forward. It'll right. just, it, but it's not like violent. It just kind of goes forward. So are you, are you more focused on, uh, on, on the, the dot itself or do you, are you paying more attention to the pin? I'm looking at where I want to hit. Okay. All the right. pin's there. I mean, the pin is there, but I'm looking at where I want to hit. That's what I'm trying to focus on. What I want to, what I want to hit. Yeah, that's awesome. I know a few guys that try to cover up the dot with the, or cover up the dot with their pen or something, and I've tried that and I just can't do it. It's not. Then you you peek, you peek. That's yeah, what happens. yeah. You're trying to yep. see what's behind there. Yep. Um, see what what else are we missing there? So you got the arrows. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, what's your what's what's your favorite uh, round? Would you ca- call yourself an NFAA guru? Uh, safari and field definitely safari and field yeah i mean that's those are those are the i mean of course that's what we do around here but i i those are my favorite i'm I'm a big field fan i love shooting field and actually shooting at the field a lot of people like to shoot the hunter face Mm -hmm. i like to shoot the field face yeah and i and, and i don't know why i think it's because of the white x in the middle of the field face you know you got a black dot with a white x so i got something really good that I can focus on in the middle. Okay. Um, I like that. I like that field face. I mean, the hunter round's great. I, that big white dot on a black face. That's great. Uh, I shoot. I like to shoot it too. I'm not saying I don't like to shoot it, but I just, if I was to pick one, I like the field round better. That, and that's, uh, no, speaking of your favorite field, uh, face, um, you still currently hold the, the national record. Blake didn't beat your record. He didn't. I got lucky. I, I mean, I got lucky because that boy was that, that boy was on fire. Yes, that boy was on fire. Yeah. yeah. So I I got lucky, and uh, I remember I was I was kind of watching it, and I was kind of texting back and forth with Wendell, and once it came through, and I went, "Whoo! I made it another year." Because I mean, there's <laughs> I, there's plenty of there's plenty of phenomenal archers out there that are gonna that record's gonna fall. It's it's gotta fall. There's it the way things are going now somebody's going to clean the field course. It's going to happen in the amateur side. Yeah. And you can't do it now. I mean, you don't go back now. You're I, yeah, they won't. Yeah, I can't go back. That's right. I can't go back. Plus I'm getting, plus I'm getting old. So I'll be in the senior class before you know it. So yeah. The senior, the senior pro class, right? Yeah, that's right. All that's right. right. So let me ask you a question. What, what is your kind of philosophy about, uh, we're going to jump, uh, getting into a little bit about like, shop teams and sponsorship and stuff like that. Uh, what's your philosophy about going pro or, um, or just even kind of how we do stuff right now in field? Like, do you feel that, that there could be, um, some changes to how we, we do, you know, you know, CB, you know, AB and C class, you know, and then going pro, like how, how do you, how do you look at it? Well, I mean, for and I think it's for me personally. I mean, in the at the situation that we're in, and and the way that the, the 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 class the classes are structured, you know, you I've heard you guys. We've all talked about this at different points in time when we were sitting around bullet, bullshitting, or even I've heard some of your other podcasts when you were talking to some other people about it. But for me, at least, I was shooting. I don't ever remember even when I was shooting in the bow hunter freestyle stuff, when I first started, I don't ever remember signing up for B class or C class. I think I looked at the scores that 
what they were shooting and there was a list somewhere that said, you know, if you shoot between this score and this score, you could be in the C class, this score and this score, you could be in the B class and this score to the top score, you'd be in the A class. And I think when I first started, I, I, I landed somewhere in the upper B class and I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go to the A class. Cause I want to, sh- I want to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as I shot and I progressively got better, uh, I was going to a lot of these local shoots and, you know, and I was winning, I guess, or however you want to, I don't want to gloat. I don't want to sound like I'm gloating or whatever. It, it, Rubio, it's all right. We, 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 uh, know, we know you're humble as pie. So, yeah. So, but I mean, I was like going, well, shit, you know, I remember coming up here and I was trying really hard to do this and now I'm, I can, I won the buckle or I won the pin or the blue ribbon, whatever. What's the next step? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, in terms of NFAA, which is what we shoot around here, the next step is becoming a pro. Well, how do you become a pro? You pay $75 or $100 or whatever the hell it is, and you become a pro. At least that's the way it was. Now you now they, they actually have some qualification scores you have to shoot, and you're, and you're supposed to have a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And I um, and they are and I from what I understand they are checking up on it like they are they, they, they are checking they, up on it yeah they are they are uh, they are standing by their word and they are enforcing it so yeah which is good that's good um, but do I wish there was some easier way to progress into pro instead of just deciding one day that you're going to be a pro yes I wish there was some sort of a step program similar now I don't know what exactly how it works but I know that like uh, ASA has i think even the ibo has some sort of a program where like if you're if you've won x amount of tournaments or you've won x amount of money in those tournaments you go to the next step higher in the classes and i think you know they have uh, all different classes they have a semi-pro class and then they have the mm-hmm. you know open pro class and then the known pro class i'm not real familiar with all of it because i don't none of that is on this on the west coast so i i just know the little bit of it that i've seen um but do i wish that the nfa had some kind of a better way of progressing to the pro class yes some way of earning your way in yes yeah. or or not so much earning your way in but almost being where you're forced in so yes. to speak so like if you're shoot if you're shooting above a certain score or, you, or you've won x amount of you know a lot of it has to do with i think in asa it's money but you know, NFA, not most of the shoots are based on just score and you could win a silver bowl or you could win a buckle or a ribbon or whatever national championship, right. Or, or X amount of state shoots. If you win, it wouldn't count much for your local shoots, but, um, if they had some way of progressing that way where they said, okay, well, you've won this many times, or you've placed consistently in this upper level, you need to progress to the next level now. Yeah. I think, that would be a and good thing. And I think thing. probably nowadays with, uh, I mean, with uh, a lot of these computerized systems, I don't think it'd be probably too terribly hard. I would like to say, like, first and foremost, because um, I've, you know, I've received some feedback from people. I, I certainly hope that, you know, Bruce and people at the NFAA, if they one day um, were forced um, or held down against their will to listen to this podcast, um if they got the impression that by where I'm complaining about the NFI, NFAA, that is not the case. I, I appreciate all the work that the NFAA does and what they do. Like they, they are extremely grateful for the amount of uh, work and effort that they put into the organization. And, and I think this conversation is just sort of um, what can we do in the future? Right? Like, yeah, no, kind of I, I at, yeah, you know, Cause I'm the same way. I, I got, I, I got nothing but good feels for NFAA. I enjoy it. I mean, if, oh, yeah, if I it love wasn't it. there, what, what would we do? I, lo- I, I love the game. I love the, the people that are in it and we get to meet and play and uh, they put on a good show. Absolutely. Like I said, it's just, it's just about for me, at least there's, there's a lot of guys that at least in our local area. Now, maybe if you look at it from a national perspective, as like a professional that a lot of people say, well, you, you're not a professional unless you're doing it for a living. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, more than probably 90% of the archers in the world are not considered doing it for a living because 
we all we all have other jobs to do and we're doing this this is our hobby but we take it more than a hobby we're doing it as a secondary lifestyle or something like that i don't know what you else you want to call it yeah i mean it is a lifestyle for sure and and to be quite honest with you with the nfaa there's nobody shooting nfaa full time and making a living at it like it's i don't think it's possible unless you're Paige Pierce who can win shooter of the year like what is it four years in a row I, I don't like, even like, know I, yeah, I, you, yeah you know but you know the 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 paychecks I'm sure from her for her are coming from going to doing all the the USA archery stuff and well it's not just that she's doing the, she's doing the USDAS and she's mm-hmm. yeah she's got the contingencies that she's able to yeah. to win you know, uh, they, they have to shoot multiple organizations sh- in order to make a living. If they only yes. did one discipline, you know, then, then they wouldn't, they wouldn't survive yes, if that's all correct. they had to do. So, yeah. so that like when people say the whole pro thing, like I kind of look at it as like, yeah, even, even, and even like some of the, the best, a lot of the people that have set records, and if one in pro, like even those guys aren't doing it full time, making a living, you know. But they they had great performances in the pro class. So, yep. Like Kendall Woody, like I, that was an impressive performance he had the last year of shooting uh shooting um see, uh pro before he went to senior pro. Oh yeah! Oh, winning national championship, the, yeah. the field nationals. Oh yeah, that was. Awesome. I mean that that's the way to go out. You know, exactly. Like exactly. I, I, I can hang with y'all, and I can be here, and I. But you know what? I'm moving on. But yep. I went out proving that I can still hang in this class like that. You couldn't. You couldn't time that any better. <laughs> nope. Yeah, he did. He had a hell. Of, that was a stellar performance right yeah. there. Yeah. That that uh, and that's what kind of like stuff like that. Like to me, like that's what I love about this sport is, you know, you know, li- you know, little little things like that. You know. Um, you know, see, seeing people just shoot out of their mind and, and, and break beat records and, you know, even, even for themselves, even if it's not a national record, personal records, just seeing people, you know, really achieve, you know, be the best that they can be. Um, so what are your goals for the, the, uh, the upcoming year? Are you going to focus on indoor now or are you... Uh, well, actually, we got the 900 round coming up, and I've been shooting a bit for that, just trying to see, because I got, I'm not, I didn't get my elk tag this year, so I don't get to go elk hunting. So oh, yeah. I'm, so I'm stuck here in California for the month of September when everybody else is up in the mountains chasing elk. So I figured I got to do something, and that's when they have the 900 round. So I figured, what the hell? I got my bow still set up for outdoor stuff, so I'll shoot a 900 round. So I'm kind of prepping for that, just practicing when I can um, after work. And uh, uh, so that'll be that. So that I think, and that's on the, I'm going to shoot it at uh, Nevada City. So so uh, to stay with uh, Wendell's theme here and and, uh, make him happy here, because he, he's really, he's really uh, trying to help his uh, following and people get ready for the 900 what advice would you give for getting ready for the 900 uh get a 122 centimeter target take it out to the range and put arrows in it <laughs> that's hey that's great advice that's, that's if everyone's that's listening what you gotta, that's, that's what, what you gotta you, do that's what you gotta do you just gotta put arrows in it and shoot at what you're gonna shoot at don't because that that target that stupid yellow ring it's so big you get so lazy in there and you got to hit the middle. So you got to, you shoot at that target and make sure you find the, you know, the scope housing and the site that you want. Like I'm shooting, I'm still shooting the same setup. So I have a green fiber and that, uh, I'm shooting the five power is the one I got set up. I've got it set up with the five power with the green fiber and, uh, the 55 thousandths etching. And I'm shooting that spot hog spark. That's the scope housing. So it's got the smaller, it's actually, smaller than so it'd be it's even 29 than like a, isn't it I, I think it's even smaller than 29 to be honest rudy because it the way the rings are set up on there but i've never measured the inside the outer it's diameter small. is 29 but that inner diameter is really small 
well no the outer diameter the the scope itself is a one and seven or one and three quarter inch scope uh, lens that's right but the rings when you put that thing on there yeah. the way those concentric rings come down i think it's smaller than 29 millimeter in the middle it's i've never measured it but it's pretty small it is small i you know what now that you say that like i shot some of my best scores with that that thing Mm-hmm. It's a bummer they don't make it anymore, and and you know what? I, I made the mistake of not buying the universal one, so I have three of three of those scopes in my toolbox that only fit the Hogfather, and oh. I won't go on any other site. And I'm like, oh, oh that's yeah, yeah that's it's too like, bad. I'm so close to to greatness, and yet so far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the way it goes. That's, that's why I have to, I have two of them, and I ain't letting them go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. They're staying with me. I've got a pile of scopes in my in the garage, but those two are the ones I always go back to. Hey, well, I, so. I actually recently got a Feather Vision, and I'm I'm liking that. That's actually, you know, quite quite the 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 um the kit there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm really impressed with that thing. Now I do have someone who asked a question here on uh, Facebook. Um, Scar Archery asked, uh, how did you become a member of the Wilderness Archery team? Uh, how did I remember? I, I got to know Mike Wolfring, the owner, uh, because before I went to Wilderness, I was shooting, let's see, I started shooting a sh- for the shop and it was called the Bow Rack in San Pablo. Okay. Um, so I, that's where I started shooting. For him, he cut me, you know, gave me a bit of a, a break on a bow and uh, a break on some uh, components. And uh, so I wore a shirt that had his bow rack on it and a hat that had his bow rack. And that's where I started. After he retired, um, I that had was, another guy. Was that Pat Norris? That on that? No, 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 no. His name was, uh, I can't think of Bob. His name was Bob. I was doing his Bob. And I can't, for some reason, I can't think of his last name. Somebody asked me that the other day and I couldn't think of Bob's last name. Um, uh, anyway, he, when he retired and sold his stuff, he had moved from San Pablo. He went to Martinez for a little bit and, uh, had another shop there in Martinez. And then, uh, when he retired, I came to Dixon. And at that time, John Hughes had opened frontline archery. So he had just started there. So I was kind of shooting out of his shop to kind of help him get going. Um, you know, just to be a fly on the wall in there to help whatever he needed, if he needed help. And if, if my, if my name did any good for him, it was like, cool, let's see if we can do that. Um, but once then when he uh, moved on, uh, I was kind of homeless, so to speak, mm-hmm. but I, I'd known Mike and I had bought like my original bow, my very first bow I bought from Mike Waltering at the, at wilderness. So, uh, Mike knew I was kind of homeless and, uh, we got to talking and the wilderness team was already there. So he just was like, well, yeah, you want to be on the team? I'm like, sure. So there I landed and been there ever since. That's cool. Now, um, have you ever been motivated by sponsorship or like that, that kind of stuff? Or is it, was there ever the a phase old- that it distracted you from, just doing what we need to do or was it kind of like now that you have some affiliation with people it pushed you to do better uh i don't know uh i always wanted to do better it's just that competitive spirit that i have i've always yeah. tried to do better the the sponsorship part of me like i said it's it's as far as that goes in terms of you know just getting some help with equipment if if i can uh you know just a small discount uh and, uh, you know, I do get arrows from, I have a little thing with, with Tim and gold tip. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to get arrows with him. And then I, I got the shop stuff through wilderness, but I don't have, it's not like I've got, you know, I buy my bow strings, you know, I buy my site, my scope housings, my lenses, everything else, you know, that all gets purchased. I purchase that outright, but you know, I get, I get help with the, with a little arrow contract that I've got with gold tip, which is great. Um, and, uh, and then, um, wilderness helps me out with a bow. That's awesome. Um, now let me ask you a question. What, cause it's, we get, I get that question a lot. 
about how to get sponsored or, you know, that kind of, you know, people want to know, right? Um, what, what advice would you give to somebody that wants to get into a team or wants to go that route? Well, uh, or is it even the right mentality if you're first starting out? Like, is it? Well, the thing is, is that it, most of the people on the, at least it, it, for wilderness and most of the other team people that I know on any of the other teams, it's, it's not about winning number one. It's about who, how you are as a person mm-hmm. and how helpful and how helpful you can be to other archers and how you can promote said store or team or shop. Those are like the three key things you got to be able, you're there to, if you're going to be a part of the team, you're there to promote that shop and archery. Archery as a whole though. So it's not, you know, put down other shops or anything like that saying, you know, Joe Blow shop over there is sucks. You should come over to the shop because I shoot for it. That's right. That's that's not the way it works. Yeah. It's it's promoting archery. That's the whole point of this whole thing. Is you got to promote archery, and you got to be able to help people get moved in the right direction so that they can become more involved in archery and like it more. And when they like it more, they're going to spend more money on it because we all know that stupid ass rabbit hole we get into once we start getting gear and we're mm-hmm. like, well, we need more gear and we need the better gear. And now we need better gear than that gear. And you know, I, hey, I so, increase my average got by this, two points. I have to get that. I yeah. increase my average by two points for every thousand dollars I spend. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Guaranteed. There you go. Gu- guaranteed. Okay. We're going to guarantee that Ding. now. All right. <laughs> Dang it. I better start. I got to spend, I got to spend some more money then. Damn yeah. It. <laughs> Actually, if you if you could do that, that might be a, that might that might be worth a thousand bucks. Trust me, there's people that think that that's the way it works too. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but really, you just need to if you want to try to be a part of something, you need to be a helpful person, and you need to promote archery, hmm. and you need to show, and you need to show that you want to do that. If you just show up and say, "Hey, I want to be on your team. What kind of deal can I get?" I'm going to, I'm going to look at you and go, you can walk back out the door. Are you, are you running the team now? I'm not running it, but I am, I am a co-captain now. Um, with, with Todd, right? Uh, well, Todd's kind of taking a step back. So it's, it's, yeah, Todd's taking a little bit of a step back. And, uh, so it's basically that we got the two, the biggest, (laughs) the two guys that can be the biggest a-holes to run it now, which is myself (laughs) and Doug Rosen. Okay. I, when you said a-holes, I thought, oh, you must be working with Buck. So, <laughs> no, but okay. Doug's, so, not, yeah, Doug, so, Doug's not an a-hole. He's just, he's just very direct. Well, that's it. Okay. We can call it that. We'll call it the most direct people then. But yeah. So, you know, that's why I say if, if, but, but as the team, but it's still a team. So everybody has kind of a say in what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's not just, you know, run by one person. So, so it's it's really more. I like how you. It's it's a team and not just a, the wilderness sponsored team, or yeah, or, a, or a wilderness sponsorship. It really is a team. It's a team. Yeah, it's a team. Yeah. I mean, we're all supposed to be in it together, and we're all supposed to promote things together. So when we go to a shoot, you know, we're there, you know, and everybody's got their shirts on or whatever. You know, we got some kind of garb. I think we're going to change our shirts around. Doug and I are looking into changing our shirts around this year a little bit, but yeah. Um, Wendell calls you, know, you guys the expendables. I like that. I kind of think that's cool. Cause we are getting, there, a lot of us are getting kind of old on that team. <laughs> we, we need to get some more of the young blood on there. We need to call it team geriatric. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> oh man. So let me ask you a question about, um, so you, you shoot a lot with Randy. Like, um, he's been, that guy is, is, a uh, is a cool cat. Like he's so, uh, common and a joy to be around would uh, you, you spend a lot of time with Randy and you said that you guys have helped each other out. Um, what, what would you, what would you tell somebody that, that, that doesn't have that? Cause I, I feel like that's what's missing 
in a lot in a lot of places like not having another person like like to kind of bounce off and feed off of do you do you have any ideas for someone that um that's looking for that and 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 uh on on how they can try to get better if they don't have another person well uh you need to go find another person but i mean that that but i mean what i mean to say by that is is you need to get out of your shell if you're if you're going to be in this shoot you know in this archery mm-hmm. community and try to shoot if you go to any of the tournaments you're going to be grouped with other people yeah so unless you're going to be that quiet little mouse in the corner that hides in the corner and just steps up to the line shoots and then steps back away and doesn't say anything to anybody because you're super shy it's going to be hard for you to to learn anything from anybody else because everybody's going to be like, well, this person doesn't seem to want to interact with the group mm-hmm. and get to and get to know you know meet new people. Um, so you need to you know step out of your shell a little bit. If if hopefully you're in an area where you could be uh, next to an archery range that has a club, and hopefully there's some folks at that club that are better shooters. Well, I think you answered the question really good there by by stepping out of your shell there. It, it's well, kind that, of the, but that's that's kind of the what I think uh, that you know somebody somebody had posted a question here on privately on Instant Messenger, and so uh, I'm you know I, I hope they I hope they hear that you know because that that that's exactly what I was hoping you were going to say. Well, I mean the thing the thing is, Rudy and anybody else that's listening i don't know what is there two of them now or three are you up to three uh i'm up to i think i'm up to four listener questions um jim padilla <laughs> asked one but i think he's yeah, just right. trying to stir the pot jim jim's trying to stir the pot yeah. but really I, I mean i say get out of your shell but you you know archery even though it's an individual thing because we're out there shooting and we're shooting our own score and we're shooting our own bow and it's it doesn't take a team effort to shoot a bow if you want to learn, you got to get out there and ask these other folks that, that, that have shot. And most everybody that I've ever talked to in the archery community is super helpful and open and willing to talk to you and tell you what may have worked for them and what might work for you. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like it's a, I mean, I know that, you know, Carl may think that I have this secret. There is no secret, man. It's, shoot the bow and, you know, worry about, you know, making sure that everything's consistent work on your form, uh, making sure that the release goes off the same every time your grip is the same every time, you know, anchor points the same every time. It's those little things that if you can get all those little things, right, everything else will go the way it's supposed to go. That's awesome. Um, well, I appreciate you, uh, coming on and chatting with me and giving me an almost an hour of your time here. Uh, oh, has it been that long it, already? It's been like 58 minutes here. And, okay. and, uh, you know, you're, I think, I think when it comes to, uh, being a, a true ambassador to the sport, um, which is what I think any shop or any manufacturer would want in a, in a staff member or team member, I think I think uh, Mark, you you pretty much uh, check all the boxes. Oh, well, uh, thank you, Rudy. I appreciate that. Yeah, and um, and uh, do you do you uh, do you do much on social media outside of us uh, tagging you and making fun of you? Uh, no, I I mean I go on there and I read comments and laugh. A lot of it I just get a kick out of. I don't post much on there at all. No. Um, what's I your should, what's I your uh, what's your Instagram and Facebook if people want to get a hold of you? Uh, well, Facebook is, is Mark Rubio. Uh, I'm on there. Um, and, uh, what is my Instagram? I think it's at, uh, at lowercase or at the underscore Mark underscore Rubio, I think. Okay. Something like that. I think. All right. I don't, Uh, I, I just, I poke around on there. I don't, I haven't posted in a while on Instagram. Okay. Uh, phone number, uh, mailing address, and social security number. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. if, no, if, if anybody wants to reach out, uh, uh, you know, it's not that hard to figure out my contact information. I'm a, 
I'm the damn president of the Yolo Bowman Archery Club. If if you're so, looking, if you if you Google Mark Rubio and and the Facebook thing, um, he's it's the picture that looks like he's a game warden. <laughs> so that's that's the one you want to pick. Um, well, seriously though, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. I, I really enjoyed um, having you on, and I'm sure we should do another one here. I want to talk to Randy soon. Um, because he's also another uh, pretty uh, instrumental person, I think, here in Northern California. Do you have oh, anything yeah. you'd like to say to anybody? Um, I asked you a lot of questions today, but is there anything out there you think you, you wanted to share with uh, all the listeners and people out there? Well, hey, look, it, all I can say is, is that if you're out there and you're trying to learn and you're trying to get better at archery, don't be afraid to go talk to the to archers like myself or like Rudy or Wendell, or Randy, or, I mean, there's a lot of people that I could name uh, that, that you see out there that, that shoot at a little bit of a higher level. They are willing to help. Don't be afraid to talk to them. They'll, they will, if they're not actively shooting, you know, if they're at a tournament and you're, you're bugging them when they're at the line and they're trying to shoot <laughs> the tournament score, yeah, they're not going to be real happy with you. But at the end of the tournament, or if you see him at a uh, out on the practice range, and you want to walk over and introduce yourself, and and you can ask them for a little bit of their time, or maybe some advice or something like that, I can almost guarantee you that they will make time for you, if not at that very moment, very soon after, because it's it's about helping people, and we all want at least at least I do. I want to see people enjoy archery as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have moments of frustration. Don't get me wrong. There's times when you're shooting and you're like, Jesus, what? come on, what's going on here? But for the most part, when I go out, I, I go to the range and it's kind of like I can zone out, I can shoot my bow and I can forget about everything else that's going on with work and well, anything you know, that's going back. I, w- I was getting close to, to, to ending it here, but actually – I just thought of something. Uh, one thing we didn't really talk about was like, how, how do you, uh, your practice schedule and your regimen, because you're full time, uh, you have a full time job working at, for the Davis University, right? Yes. Yep. And so, yep. so I'm sure your job is pretty labor intensive. You're, you're a busy guy because you're, you, you're in agriculture. How, how do you find time to practice or do you, do you get to shoot every day? Uh, I don't shoot every day, um, like in the early part of the season, like uh, be- beginning of outdoors. Mm-hmm. So starting in, say, like February, when I can finally, you know, the weather's good enough where I can be outside and shoot most days and I got enough daylight. I, my day, my work day normally ends right at about four. So I can go straight from work out to the archery range, which is only, you know, 10 minutes away from the archery range, eight minutes away or so from the arch- or from work to the mm-hmm. archery range. And I can go out there and I can shoot you know, for about an hour and a half, two hours, and then go home, then come home to be with the family for the evening. And like at the beginning of when I'm trying to get amped up, say for like Reading. So I start in February, March, and I'm starting to shoot all these local tournaments and like the uh, outlaws and stuff like that. I'll try to shoot at least three days a week, if not five. Oh, wow. So you, you, you definitely uh, get the volume in for sure. Well, but, but again, it's only for like an hour and a half or two hours. So I'll go out there and I'll shoot like a half a field round, you know, I'll warm up and then I'll go shoot a half a field round four score and I'm shooting four score. And then I've got orange dots. So when it's orange dot season, if you go out to Yolo Bowman, I've got orange dots up on the targets mm-hmm. because I'm practicing for, <laughs> I'm practicing for shooting orange dots. So I print off a bunch of orange dots. I glue them on paper and I go out there and I stick them on the targets representative to the, whatever the, um, longest stake is at that target that's what orange dot is up there so that i'm actually practicing for the safari shoots that we're shooting yeah and, and uh that's been great too like having like you know we go out there and shoot with you on the weekends yeah you know, you know in the summertime when you're doing that I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna say hey if, if if there's that person out there who is listening here um that when when we post that we're doing that that's when people need to show up and shoot on Saturday. Yeah. And plus, yeah. And, and we should probably do that more. 
plus that we always usually try to make it more interesting where we'll well during covid we had to be a little bit more covert yeah we had to be a little more covert but we should you know hopefully this crap will pass and we can go back to somewhat a normal fucking life but i'm sorry i dropped the f-bomb i tried to keep from doing that um that's okay (laughs) (laughs) but anyway if uh you know you come out there and shoot with us we like to we might try to coax you out of a few bucks you know, to, to throw in the pot to make it more interesting because, you know, sometimes we got to buy lunch. So, yeah, you know, um, Mark likes to say to make it more interesting, but really it's <laughs> to, you know, to, to uh, you know, help pay for Rubio's gas money and, and his That's mortgage. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We, we've all given Rubio plenty of money uh, over the years, so. Um, well, cool, man. Seriously, thank you so much. Um, I'll yep. go ahead and um, I'm gonna we'll we'll call it uh, a night here, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, cool, Rudy. Take care, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. That will conclude this evening's entertainment.